Amen. Well, hey, everyone, church family, friends, and those checking us out online for the very first time. My name is Ryan. I'm the lead pastor here at Radiant Life, and I just want to say happy Easter, happy Resurrection Sunday. We are so excited. We are celebrating Easter with three billion Christians around the world. How awesome is that? And even though it looks differently this year, because our buildings are empty, but so is the tomb. It's empty. And so we are celebrating that death and sin were defeated. And I always have said this Sunday, this day has always been the Super Bowl of our faith. And I can't wait to jump in in this, um, this morning with you all. And we're going to dive together. But, but real quick, I'm going to give you a little Easter story. Um, I heard the son and mother-in-law uh, took a trip to Jerusalem or Israel and kind of did a tour of everything. And unfortunately, uh, his mother-in-law passed away while he was in Israel. And so he went to the proper uh, channels to how to figure out what to do with his mother-in-law's body, unfortunately. And uh, they eventually, the official said, well, we can do two things for you, sir. It's either going to cost you $10,000 to ship your mother-in-law back to the States to have a proper burial there, or you can leave her here and we can bury her for $200, and so the, the son-in-law just thought for a moment, and he says, I've made my decision. I'm going to send her back to the United States. And to the shock of the official, he goes, well, you must love your mother-in-law dearly. And the son-in-law goes, no, that's not it. I heard about a guy 2,000 years ago that died, and three days later rode, rose back from the dead. I'm not taking my chances. So, hey, there you go. No offense to all the mother-in-laws out there. We love you all. But just a little light humor on our Resurrection Sunday. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I see labels everywhere. In fact, I have a, a, a label maker right here. And for many of you, you may have used this before. And a label maker, you type in what, what the thing is, and then you get this little like receipt sticker, and you stick it on perhaps a box or a file, or whatever you want, and you define what that thing is. I, I, I think it's fascinating, especially helpful in moves, or you can just use a Sharpie on a box, whatever. But uh, it's a label maker. We have labels on our clothing. We have labels on our food. We have labels everywhere. And what I realize in society as we celebrate Easter together is I think we are really good at labeling people. We're really good at looking at people's mistakes and labeling them based on that. We perhaps are good at taking someone's failures and putting a label and defining them that way. We may be even good at looking at someone's past and saying, well, that's just them the rest of their life, and we've labeled them. Maybe perhaps for some of us, Even on Easter Resurrection Sunday, as we are celebrating this morning, you may have a label that says you're weak. You're weak because you you may struggle with depression. And maybe perhaps others have put this label on you or you yourself believe this, that you're just weak. You can't, these people just, they can't do anything by themselves. 
Or perhaps there's a, a label on you that says lonely. Lonely because, you know what, they're not even dating anyone. Who knows if they'll ever get married or they're just, they're trying to do life alone and they can't. They must be extremely lonely. And maybe perhaps you've put that label on yourself or someone else has put that label on you. Or maybe you wear the anxious label that, wow, you're a super high anxiety, worry, and stress, and you have battles in the mind, and people have la labeled you anxious, or you've labeled yourself anxious. Or maybe perhaps it's this label, you're an addict. It's just from one fix to the next, or maybe it's just that one fix all the time. And your family knows it, your friends know it, and they've labeled you. And perhaps you know it as well. And we wear this label of addict. Labels have a way of defining us. Perhaps labels even have a way of shaping our behavior and who we think we are. This morning, I'm going to jump into an amazing story. Perhaps it's not your traditional Easter message, if you will, but I think it is the cusp of the Easter message. So if you want to follow along, and if you've got a Bible around or a, a tablet or a phone, you want to jump to John chapter 11. It's found in the New Testament. Let me tell you a little bit about John as you turn there. John was actually a disciple of Jesus. He was one of those dis uh, disciples that, one of the best friends of Jesus. In fact, Jesus had 12 disciples but John was special. See, John got to be in the inner group of, of Peter, James, and John with Jesus. There's like the four inner group, and John got to be one of those. In fact, John risked his life writing this letter. John was there when Jesus got crucified. John saw Jesus take his last breath on the cross. And years later, John pens this letter for you and I to understand what it was like to walk with Jesus. And we enter this story, and then we find, it's kind of ironic, this story. We find that Jesus seems a little insensitive in this story. In fact, we're told that Jesus gets wind that one of his great friends, a guy by the name of Lazarus, has passed away. And in fact, the disciples were like, man, we got to go, Jesus. And Jesus says, actually, for your sake, disciples, I'm glad I was not there. And Lazarus had a sister, had two sisters, and they're saying, send word to Jesus, come and make our brother, do so heal our brother. You got to do something, Jesus. And Jesus says, all right. And he begins to journey. And it's funny that Jesus gets there four days later. Remember, they're hurting and they're in pain. And Jesus is like, I know. Here I come. John chapter 11, verse 33 says this. When Jesus saw her weeping, now stop there. In your pain, I just want you to know that Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you in your pain. Jesus sees you in your brokenness. He sees you in your suffering, and he sees you when you're weeping. We celebrate and worship a God who sees us when on the mountains and in the valleys. And even though when we're in the valley, that the sisters of Lazarus, they don't realize, Jesus, you just, we're weeping, we're hurting, everything, Jesus is there. So no matter what you're going through, please hear my heart, Jesus sees it and he's with you. When Jesus saw her weeping 
and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping. Watch this. Jesus was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Now, I love this word that's used for deeply moved because it, it elicits a deep, deep emotion. In fact, this word that actually it was written in Greek, that original language right here that says deeply moved, is an image of a horse when it's breathing and after it kind of sneezes, it horse shakes a little bit. We get this sense that in this verse, when Jesus sees the people weeping in the moment of that, that almost like Jesus' body begins to tremble because he sees their pain and their brokenness. And then the shortest Bible verse ever comes next. In the midst of seeing everything and his body is troubled and trembling at their pain, it says these two words, Jesus wept. Jesus wept because he sees not only the two sisters of Lazarus weeping over their dead brother, but he sees the other Jews that are there weeping as well. And there's hurt and pain. And I'm just wondering this morning, friends, in the midst of all this COVID-19 and coronavirus and everything, and Governor Whitmer, at least if you're watching in Michigan, we got an extended stay-home order this past week for us. Now it's till April 30th, and it hurts. I want to give you permission just to weep. It hurts. It stinks. That's, that's a whole nother monkey that we've never been here before with this stuff. And now, oh man, depression sets in, anxiety comes. You're laid off even more now than you had expected. I just, I need to give you permission to mourn it, to grieve it, and to weep. And I think this is a beautiful example that Jesus sees. He sees brokenness, and what does Jesus do? He sits there, and he cries with them. And then, Jesus is going to ask and go up to the sisters, and he's going to say something to them. He says, Jesus, once more deeply moved. Remember, that's that image of that horse that's kind of breathing in and out and sneezing and, and his, the body trembling. When Jesus, he's doing that again, he came to the tomb finally. It was a cave with the stone laid across the entrance. And this is what Jesus says in a lot of voice, take away the stone, Hey, hey, get this thing away from me. I know Lazarus is in there. You got to remove the stuff. And then, but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, Lazarus, by this time, there's a bad odor in there, for he has been there four days. He's sitting and go, why is the four days so significant here? The four days is significant because it's the Jewish thought back in the ancient world that the spirit of a dead person would hover outside the tomb or over the body. And after four days, the body would have decayed enough that the spirit would not recognize that body and then the spirit would go to heaven and could not go back into that person. So everyone is understanding in this moment, all the Jews and the sisters of Lazarus are understanding it's four days. Our theology says he's dead, dead. His spirit's in heaven. There's nothing. 
(laughs) And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his faith. And Jesus said to them, to the crowd, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Let him go. I'm just curious if there's some people that are watching this morning that you need to let go of some things and allow Jesus to speak life into you like he did to Lazarus. I'm just wondering this morning that some of you just need to understand you need to take off your grave clothes. You need to take off the things that are holding you aback. The things that make you dead. In fact, perhaps some of you are wearing the label dead, but Jesus says this Easter, I came to make you alive right now. Whoo! It's a new label. Lazarus, I got a new label for you, son. It ain't dead, it's alive. I got a new label. And this is the message of our Easter Resurrection Sunday is that you and I can be made new in Jesus no matter what we have done and no matter what our past looks like. In fact, I have this beautiful picture. It's a metamorphosis of a butterfly. And here you have this idea that there's a change happening. You have the cocoon to eventually a beautiful butterfly, but a complete change has happened. And because we celebrate the empty tomb, this can happen in your life even today and in this moment. When you just surrender your life to Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes on you, it is an incredible change in your life. And in fact, a guy by the name of Paul who hated Jesus, persecuted Christians, wanted to stop the Christian movement off of this world, hated Jesus and those followers. He becomes a follower of Jesus because he has a radical encounter with him. And in the midst of it, he writes to a church in the region of Corinth and he says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, The new creation has come. Watch this. Here's the metamorphosis. The old has gone. The new is here. The new is here. When we follow Jesus, that all of our old ways are gone and no longer there. Jesus says, hey, just come to me with all your baggage. Come to me with all your dead things. Come to me with all your sins and your hangups and your labels. I'm going to make you new. I'm gonna make you new, and the thing is that Jesus turns our dead ends into new beginnings. Woo! That's why I say this is the Super Bowl of our faith. We have to understand that this event alone, the empty tomb, changes everything. Because if the tomb is not empty, it's just another Jewish person who was crucified on a cross. So my question, as I think about this, what labels are you still wearing? Where you look at this and say, yeah, I want to celebrate the empty tomb. But I feel like the labels are just dead ends right now. And I'm ready. I want a new beginning. I want something new, Ryan. I think Jesus has something new for you this morning. And maybe perhaps 
Remember the labels I showed? Maybe perhaps you're wearing this label, weak. But let me speak truth into you if you're wearing this label. Here's the truth. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Friend, you're not weak, you're strong in Jesus. It's a new label. Maybe you are wearing the lonely label because you feel lonely and you'll never be dating and I don't know why, or I feel lonely because I'm doing life alone. Let me speak truth into you. Because the tomb's empty, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. You're not lonely, you are a child of God. You are loved, you have a new label. And perhaps you were wearing the label anxious. Worry and stress and anxiety, they just get the best of you. Oh friend. But Paul writes to that church in Philippi and says this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. In other words, the peace of God, we, our human minds cannot grasp. We just, it transcends our understanding and our, our minds and what we can actually think about. The peace of God, watch this, it will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. You don't have to wear the label of anxious, you can wear the label of peace. And then maybe, it was you that was wearing the label addict. Maybe this is a hard one. Because this is the one label we definitely want to deny we actually are wearing. Because we think we can do it ourselves. I can beat it. It's not that bad. <laughs> that guy again by the name of Paul who hated Jesus, fell in love with Jesus. He writes this, and where the spirit of the Lord is, watch this, there's freedom. And you don't have to wear, because the tomb's empty, you don't have to wear the label addict, you can wear the label free. Because when you follow Jesus, the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit is in you. You are the temple of the presence of God. And wherever that spirit is, there is freedom. And perhaps, Ryan, I do feel dead. I feel dead spiritually. My relationships feel dead. I'll be honest, I feel dead trapped in my house during this COVID-19 stuff. I, I feel dead inside. But Ephesians chapter two says this, but because of his great love for us, made us, check that out, alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Friends, this morning, we don't have to stay dead. We can become spiritually, physically alive. And as I close, as I close, we celebrate the tomb is empty. We call it Easter, we call it Resurrection Sunday. But the God we serve, 
the God we worship, the God who formed you in your mother's womb, the God who has created you on purpose for a purpose, that God specializes in the resurrection of hopeless situations specializes in the resurrection of hopeless situations. Hey, Mary and Martha, hey, sisters of Lazarus, hey, Jews, I know, Lazarus seems dead, it seems hopeless, but I'm gonna raise him up. I realize your marriage may stink and seem hopeless, but when we surrender and go all in for Jesus, he can raise it and bring hope back in. Hey, world, Jesus looks dead, but three days later, hold on, you wait, I'm gonna shock the world, and I'm gonna change it once and for all. And God specializes in those. So wherever you feel hopeless and dead and lonely, wherever you feel anxious and like you're an addict, let's go all in and surrender it to the one who conquered the death and the one who conquered sin. So if you will, will you just close your eyes? I wanna pray for you. As the team just continues to strum quietly, I wanna pray for you. I wanna give you that opportunity right where you are to enter into a relationship with Jesus. And I promise you, there's nothing like it. You don't have to clean up anything and say, well, I'm not perfect, none of us are. That's, that's the Holy Spirit's job, to work in your life and get things out that don't look, doesn't look like his son, Jesus. He'll work those things out for you. You just gotta grow, come and everything you have and say, God, I surrender it all. So just say this prayer. Just say, Heavenly Father, I've sinned against you. I've done wrong and I'm tired of it. I believe that you sent your son, Jesus, for me. The tide on the cross for my sins was buried, and three days later, kicked the death, kicked death, and kicked sin right in its face. And this morning, I'm putting my faith and trust into you, Jesus. I surrender my life. I surrender my will. And God, will you fill me with your Holy Spirit? And we pray this all in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, at Radiant Life, we celebrate. We always celebrate when we have one person make a commitment to Jesus. So those of you, if you're by someone, don't touch their hand. Just give them that air, air high five or give a big clap by yourself, whatever. But let's celebrate, let's stand, and let's continue to worship Jesus.